0: Hello, and welcome to Cruisin' for a Reviews, the podcast where I get a friend to watch a Tom Cruise movie they've never seen before and then review it with me. I am your host, Cara Westworth, and today I'm joined once again by my husband, Benjamin.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: You're welcome, Benjamin. Um, we're not doing another Mission Impossible movie just yet, and I thought I would take advantage of the fact we are home way more than we usually are mm. and do a well, little. Well, the trouble
1: with the Mission Impossible movies is that this is supposed to be a podcast about seeing a movie that you haven't seen before, but vicariously through coming into the living room when you're in it, I've seen each Mission Impossible movie about 87 times each now.
0: Yes, you have, especially Fallout.
1: 187 <laughs> for Fallout.
0: <laughs> because it's like of the pandemic thing, we are just holding off on Mission Impossible for one more week, I guess. I'm going to do it the next podcast, but I figured because I found a movie that Benjamin hadn't seen before that we might as well do that and get that out of the way. I and mean, we also haven't done an 80s movie for a while, so I thought that might be a nice step back again. Uh, it is actually a very early movie and it is... Not very Tom Cruise heavy. In fact, it is one of the few films where Tom Cruise is not the lead actor.
1: I would go as far as to call it Tom Cruise Light.
0: Tom Cruise Light, definitely. Yeah, he's only in it a little bit. Uh, if you haven't figured it out, it is called The Outsiders. It is a 1983 movie directed by Francis Ford Cop- Coppola. 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 It is based on the 1967 novel by S.E. Hinton and it is about greases and it is about socias. and and about a class warfare between these two groups so basically if you're unaware of the terminology uh, greasers are usually they were Italian Americans and they were called that because they would slick their hair back with Grease often they would be mechanics and things as well have those sort of you know lower socioeconomic jobs hence the Greaser thing whereas Socias which stood for like social I guess were basically wealthier whites. I guess uh, more wealthy generally very white in fact almost definitely very white uh, well wealthy teenagers who really had nice cars. They didn't have one for anything. Their parents were good. They went to good schools. Things like that. So,
1: all right, first question. Pick a side: car or west? Obviously, greasers. Greasers or the socias. Because you Um can only be one
0: obviously greasers like I, I, no one looks at the socias and goes oh i wish i was a fucking turd like one of those guys with their stupid varsity shirts and their." are
1: i'm gonna go straight off the bat and talk about the most upsetting thing about this movie to me that in the opening credits it's like the greasers and does this who's who's list of young up-and-coming stars and then it goes to the socias and at the very bottom of the socias list it has Tom Waits. Tom Waits would have never been a sociist, but on top of that, he wasn't really a sociist in the actual movie.
0: He was nothing. He was
1: He was a, he was Tom Waits played guy who answered a door. Yes. I Liter- think that it is. Literally. Working- I'm not even exaggerating on that. Literally. <laughs>
0: I think they wanted just to put his name in there and, like, ah, just chuck in the end of there. Because I, otherwise, I don't know why else they would put him in the socials. He was, like, worked at a grubby bar. So. I think he was yeah. friends
1: with Coppola at the time. He had something to do with the movie he did before this. Um, oh, it was a musical called One from the Heart. Yeah. Tom Waits was involved in One from the Heart, which was 1982, the year before.
0: Yeah, there you go. So let's uh, have a little cheddar movie. So if you've seen this movie, uh, there are two versions. So there is the original theatrical version, which was like ninety minutes long, which is the version we watched because that's the DVD I have. However, in two thousand and five, they actually released a more book accurate version where they included scenes, took a couple out, changed the music up and everything. And that's a version that I've seen more and I think is a much better version. But for the sake of the fact we had a DVD, we are going to review the original version and then we'll have a little chat at the end about the differences with the updated version. Okay. We'll have a quick rundown of characters because there are a lot of Hollywood heartthrobs who hadn't really acted much in this movie. So Tom Cruise. You know who
1: wasn't really a heartthrob in this movie? Who? What's his name? Tom Cruise. (laughs)
0: Hi! No, he became a heartthrob after this. Did he? Yeah, he did.
1: Oh, I mean, in this movie, though, he plays. Okay, so before we go into the thing,
0: who does. This
1: is a Tom Cruise podcast. Who does Tom Cruise play?
0: He plays Steve Randall. He is a mechanic. He's friends with all the main characters, and he is in it probably for a grand total of five minutes.
1: He seems like a bit of a grub.
0: He's a greaser. Like, he, he played a greaser a really because I almost think some of the other characters who we'll get into were almost too good-looking and too... I don't know what the word is. Like, they looked a bit too Hollywood for like what Like, he's got greases. his mechanics
1: vest on the inside, like, shirt open, showing his belly, but he's kind of sticking his belly out a little bit because he's eating the entire time. Yep. He's in every single scene, except for the one scene where he does a sick backflip.
0: Yep. And his teeth looked all fucked up. And everyone looks at promo pictures from this and goes... Tom Cruise has such fucked teeth. I'm like, actually he had his teeth fixed before then. He actually had like a fake teeth or teeth blacked out for the movie to make him look more rough. So
1: character acting. Like Yes, it.
0: yeah. And he's like, he wanted to
1: bed, really got into the character.
0: Probably. He also but he actually he when he tried out for risky business, he pretty much went straight from working on this to the audition. So he was all wiry and grubby and still covered in grease and like all dirty and everything they like, just
1: picture tom cruise in that character
0: Woo! <laughs>
1: Woo! that tom cruise
0: yeah so but he's still got the role as uh oh i've forgotten his name in uh risky business so the main character is pony boy he is and that's his real name uh we'll get into the names in a minute he's played by c thomas howell which what else do you know him from
1: oh very little
0: he's not in a lot oh <laughs> what
1: yeah we know c thomas howell from one thing
0: Oh yeah, Soul Man. Soul Man. Yeah, the less said about that movie the better. Probably don't ever seek that out, guys. Don't need to look that one up. No. Uh the next character is Johnny, his his best friend, who is played by Ralph Machio. How do you pronounce his surname? I don't know. I was about his name.
1: We're gonna call it Machio.
0: Machio. If which, we're wrong, we're wrong. If you know him from anything, it'll be from Karate Kid. And did you know, despite looking about twelve, he was actually twenty in this. Which is interesting
1: because Rob Lowe is in this movie and he, he was, looks exactly the same as he looks now, which I assume is interesting. And he seven. was he was seventeen. He was 17. Yes. The man is not aged in 40 years.
0: That man looked 30 from the age of 15 and then just never changed. Like yeah. he just he's turned- He's a,
1: a constant. He is a vampire. <laughs> he's, he's the actual vampire. Like everyone gives like Keanu Reeves those vampire props. It's Rob Lowe.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, so Rob Lowe is the brother of Ponyboy and his name is Soda Pop, which in my opinion is the nicest name I've ever heard. And if this na- these names weren't already so deeply entrenched in the cultural zeitgeist, I would absolutely name my child Soda Pop because I love that name.
1: But we can't call the child Soda Pop because there's a character in this called 2-Bit, and 2-Bit's a much better name. Well,
0: that's only his nickname. Soda Pop is his legitimate real name on his birth certificate.
1: If Grimes and Elon Musk can call their kid whatever the fuck that name is, we can call a kid 2-Bit.
0: we... Literally, my last podcast, we bitched about that name <laughs> and how much we hate Elon Musk. <laughs>
1: two Bits Soda Pop. That yeah. works.
0: That actually is a really nice name. All right. We're having children now, Ben. Sorry. Great. Two, two Bits
1: Soda, <laughs> oh, we're soda getting... Pop Westworth Nichols. Oh, we're
0: getting more dogs.
1: Nicholsworth, sorry. <laughs> Nicholsworth. Two Bits Soda Pop Nicholsworth.
0: That's actually really good. We've got Dallas, who is played by Matt Dillon, who looks the same. Kind of ugly and weird looking. I don't... He looks like Matt
1: Dillon. I don't think like anyone some... else looks like Matt Dillon. Yeah. Matt Dillon looks like except for his Wish uh version <laughs> his brother kevin tiller
0: <laughs> oh my god that's so true
1: from entourage
0: <laughs> oh yeah uh daryl is played by patrick swayze who i've loved since i was young thanks to the movie ghost uh who else we have yeah two-bit was emilio estevez so they're the main characters um we don't go into the socials details because fuck them and oh,
1: but i do want to go into a few of the socials oh really other than Tom Waits, because there's a little bit of information down there that apparently three of the socials in the background were Nicolas Cage, Flea, and Melanie Griffith.
0: I did see that, yeah. I was going to rewatch it again tonight to find that, but I uh, did not. Why was
1: Flea in a bunch of 80s movies in very small roles?
0: Because he wanted to act. Anthony Kiedis was in a few movies in the 90s. Yeah,
1: you should know that considering you got a big ass red hot mm-hmm. chili peppers Get, tattoo on your shut forearm. Shut fuck up. Shut Haven't that lasered up. That, that one off yet. All right.
0: <laughs> not yet. <laughs> it's, the, it's the first to go.
1: Big chili head over here, Kara <laughs> No,
0: don't i'm so embarrassed (laughs) all right so the movie set in 1967 uh, 1965 actually which is funny because apparently a lot of the bloopers are just endless continuity problems with songs from the 70s later model cars and things like that but nothing that i noticed uh Uh, in
1: 1965 there actually wasn't any green lego and in the (laughs) the series anyway
0: So we start off with Ponyboy writing in his little composition book, writing about his, uh, some adventures that he's about to have, and then we get to see the daggiest credits of all times. Like, they almost have the full credits before the movie. they got a real
1: midday TV movie vibe oh, yeah. for those credits.
0: It played over this Stay Gold song by Stevie Wonder, which also just added to that feeling really strongly. Yeah. Like, consider- I hope
1: there's no subtext that eventually comes in oh, no. that relates to that song.
0: <laughs> We meet Dallas, Ponyboy and Johnny, they're hanging out, they're being annoying, they go wandering around, go to a diner, they hassle some kids really badly, which was really, really bad case of bullying from uh, Dallas's perspective. Like a much older boy, like teasing boys and then throwing all their cards and chasing them off. What else
1: were you supposed to do in the 60s? I
0: don't know, don't bully children. I'm
1: assuming that all you could do was play marbles or bully children.
0: (laughs) Probably true, especially if you're poor. Uh, So they end up going sneaking into the drive-in which is probably the only other thing to do as a teenager in the 60s. Um, this is set in Tulsa, Oklahoma, so there's probably really nothing to do back then around that time. They go sit down and start watching the movie. Then we also see... And they sit down at the...
1: Bi- okay, so I was a little bit uh, confused about the layout of this drive-in movie cinema. Uh, usually when we go to the drive-in, you, you get in a car and you go sit down in the car and you watch the movie, which a whole bunch of people were doing. But this particular drive-in, and I guess it's how they did it in the 60s... All
0: drive-ins have seats. What? Yeah, because... What's but, the point of the drive-in if you have a bunch of seats? Because teenagers can't afford, don't have cars. You still, still, They want, still want the teenagers to pay to see the movie.
1: So they have a little viewing area yeah. and everyone at the drive-in goes... Most
0: goes people go in the cars, there. but like teenagers and stuff, or people who live just around the corner. We used to have a... So before, well before we lived here, there was a drive-in just around the corner, and an Uber driver once told me about how he used to just walk around and go sit down and watch movies all the time. Like
1: My world is melting.
0: Yes, yeah. Uh, so yeah, they sit down, and we're joined by two Soch girls, so you see uh, we probably should have introduced her, Cherry which is played by Diane Lane uh, she has a bit of a tiff with her dead shit Soch boyfriend and she storms off from him and goes sits down in front of our Greaser friends to watch the movie. Dallas is immediately a piece of shit and is hitting on her constantly, really pissing her off. Apparently, they, in real life, those two didn't like each other while filming this, so the irritation that she had was actually legitimate. Um, He yeah, pissed her off, and she starts cozying up to Pony Boy because Pony Boy and Johnny are very sweet boys who we kind of find out that Pony Boy and his family are only kind of greases by technicality kind of thing. They aren't super poor, but their, their parents died, leaving the three brothers to sort of fend for themselves, and they kind of became greases to sort of fit in, I guess. The greases. Kind of seem to have like a reputation for being really sleazy and rough and everything, but these two boys are quite sweet and polite, and the girls really like them. And there's some chatting. Dallas comes back at one point, acts like a pig, gets a coke thrown in his face. Then Cherry Cherry makes a uh Ponyboy go to the concession stand with him and they have like a little chat about his family. And that's what we find out about, you know, why doesn't your big brother go to school anymore? It's because he's had a working to support the family. So we sort of learn about Ponyboy's life. They also talk about a bit about Johnny and how he got bashed up by some socios previously. And he has like a big scar in his cheek, which is the worst makeup. Oh, terrible. It's, yeah, 1983. Blending.
1: Who's even heard of it?
0: She becomes very close with these boys, even though, you know, it's outside of her social group and it's probably very risque for the 60s to do that. And obviously, when they leave the movies all together.
1: Don't be offended if I don't talk to you at school. Oh, you're yeah. A very sweet a, boy.
0: You're very sweet. But also, if anyone sees me talking to you, uh, I will be shunned from society. Because, okay, yeah, they, they end up, turns out they go to school together and they're in the same class and everything. Her boyfriend rolls out, is drunk, and he confronts them and like, How dare you talk to my girls? And you actually realize her boyfriend is wearing all these rings and was previously established that the socials that bashed up Johnny, one of them wore a lot of rings. That's why he has the big horrible scar. So you're like, oh, this guy's been bashing up greases for no good reason. Anyway, to sort of calm things down Sherry's like fine I'll go with you and lets him go the boys go home Johnny doesn't want to go home because he looks and his parents are having a big big fight and he comes from a really really turbulent horrible house so they go to the park where they light a fire and hang out and they end up falling asleep so Ponyboy's like oh shit I'm gonna get in so much trouble but my big brother won't go home which he does he goes home and Daryl is furious because his youngest brother has just turned up at 2am after falling asleep in a park as far as he like he's trying to keep him out of trouble but also he has
1: have you been all night? You had me worried sick.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what it was. Which, you know, teenagers respond really well to. So they argue. They say to Daryl, he hits him, but it kind of looked like he just shoved him over. And so Ponyboy just bolts because he's like, I can't do this anymore. I can't deal with you. You used to be close, but now you're just a big jerk to me. And meanwhile, Soda Pop's like, oh, my brothers. Yeah, so he runs back to Johnny and says, let's just get out of here. I don't want to be here. So they run off, go to another park hanging out, having cigarettes and Sochers turn up. And these socials are the ones that, you know, Cherry's boyfriend and the ones that confronted them earlier and they are fucking shit-faced. And they want revenge for the audacity of Greases touching their girls so they start a bit of a confrontation. They call each other names because these two boys who are only like 14 and 16 years old, are surrounded by like 19 year old boys. They're overcome and they start, I guess they're gonna try, are they actually trying to drown Ponyboy? Or are they just scaring him? We don't no, basically they seem to be drowning him in a fountain so Johnny gets his knife out and stabs one of them and accidentally kills him so when pretty boy wakes up he's like oh what happened oh there was a really good transition there yeah, it was almost it, like a- it's apparently the thing Francis likes to do he likes he did an apocalypse now and he repeated in this where he changes the view of the camera to match the view of the person so they sort of flipped upside down like he's underwater and then it all went red and that was obviously the stabbing and the blood because when he comes to the fountains full of blood and there's a dead soch there and johnny's having a massive freak out as you would if you stab someone when you're like 16 years old
1: yeah but they ran away didn't they success
0: well the sochers all ran away like as if you wouldn't stay for your mm-hmm. i think it reflected worse on the uh sochers than it did on the greasers how the situation panned out but also
1: yeah a bunch of beta cucks <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, that's exactly what I meant in Oklahoma during that time. And probably still now, you would probably get the death penalty for murder like that. So they go straight to see Dallas because he he's had some time in jail and they think that he's probably the best person to help them out in this situation. So they go to where he is. I don't know if it's a bar. I don't know. It's a party like- somewhere. It's a party or a bar, that's where Tom Waits answers the door and that's literally the extent of his his role. Dallas comes down and is like, here's the situation, gives him a gun, gives him 50 bucks cash and tells them to go catch a certain train, go up this hill and stay in this abandoned church, stay there for a week, get some groceries and just lay low and I'll... I'll do what I can just at this end. So they go do that, jump on a boxcar, go to this church, which is- End up in
1: an abandoned church.
0: An abandoned church. It's very cool.
1: And they do whatever, just pass the time doing what every boy likes to do. Playing a little poker and reading Gone with the Wind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well-
1: <laughs> Like they have this like almost religious attitude towards the sanctity of Gone with the Wind. They're really into that book.
0: Well, the thing is, Ponyboy is a very smart boy. That's why...
1: He's an old romantic is what he is.
0: So, but he, he's very, very smart. So, which is not, I guess, typical for greasers, because a lot of them would probably have to leave school early to go get jobs if they were from really poor areas. So, uh, you know, he's seen as having more prospects and everything. So he reads the book to Johnny, because Johnny's... Not as well read as him, and that's how they pass time. And they play some poker, smoke some cigarettes. At one point, they try and cut their hair with a knife, which is the most painful looking thing I've ever seen in my life, and yet somehow manage to perfectly bleach Pony Boy's hair to like a sort of uh, sandy blonde color, which is no, peroxide doesn't work like that. But anyway, they do that to so disguise them so they don't look like greases. And eventually, uh, old mate Dallas comes to see them. And oh, there's a little, there's a nice little bit where they're like at a sunset, and they, um, you know, watching the sunset or sunrise or something, and Pony Boy quotes the Robert Frost poem about all that is... Oh, what's it called? Nothing
1: Gold Can Stay. Nothing
0: Gold Can Stay. Uh, and yeah, so... Is Dallas- going to sing
1: the song by Stevie Wonder?
0: Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> So Dallas comes and sort of, sort of fills him in. Apparently Cherry has been pretty cool considering it was her boyfriend who got stabbed and killed. But she's like, if they come back and then they go to court, I'll vouch that he was drunk and would have started the fight, blah, blah, blah. Soda Pop writes a really sad letter begging him to come back. Everyone kind of wants him to come back. But Dallas is like, nah, stay in the land forever. I told them you're in Texas. But they go to a Dairy Queen to have something to eat. And Johnny kind of comes up to this decision. No, I want to turn myself in, hopefully I'll just get you know a lesser charge and Ponyboy will be let off because he didn't have anything to do with it. Dallas just thinks it's a shit idea but kind of gives in. Anyway, they drive back to the church. I don't know what for, it's not like they had anything there. The church is suddenly on fire and for some reason there are children there and there are children stuck inside the burning church.
1: Okay, so this is easily the most contrived bit of the whole movie to me.
0: I imagine it, it made more sense in the book.
1: I, we should look that up because as it's presented in the movie, they hang out for a while in an abandoned church. They go and get lunch and when they come back to the abandoned church, a school is in the church and it's on fire. Well, There's, a two, sc- there's two things there that are, that are like <laughs> I think it was a
0: school group that stopped there for a minute while on a field trip. The Greaser kids probably let something left the cigarette burning. Some kids naughtily went into the abandoned church and this all happened while they were out getting lunch at Dairy Queen.
1: You know, what it sounds like it sounds like a fifteen-year-old wrote a story. <laughs> <laughs> and they went back to the church and it was on fire and yeah. was some have, you re- have you read have you read had to save them no I it's have actually not read it. a
0: wonderful book I read it as a teenager and I loved it so
1: Look, I'll give this movie one thing it definitely recreates the experience of having to read a coming of age novel in high school
0: oh, it was a really good book you have to read it immediately Ponyboy's boys like well we obviously have to help these kids Johnny's a tiny bit reluctant but goes straight in after him they go <laughs> in
1: kids that are <laughs> In the on fire abandoned church. <laughs> yeah. they gotta save him
0: for no reason whatsoever
1: that is re- relevant to the plot. You know, other than them growing and coming of age,
0: and also showing that greases aren't all bad people that everyone perceives. Yeah, them to if be. only
1: there was a convenient plot device that would help push that push hammer home that fact.
0: <laughs> Anyway, they rescue the kids. Dallas is a little bit is reluctant because he's a, actually a giant piece of crap, but he does help. And the roof collapses, and Johnny is really badly injured. Dallas is a little bit injured, and Ponyboy is not too bad. Uh, they get rushed to hospital. The one of the school teachers, which by the way, the school teachers are just standing there going like, "Oh no, the children, where are they?" No, thank, <laughs>
1: <What>? <laughs> thank God, these other children came by <laughs> yeah. to save the these day. These other
0: literal children came and saved the day. Like, and they're in the ambulance, and the school teacher's like, "Where do you go?" Do, you guys just heroes fun. He's like, no, we're greases. And the teacher's like, oh, greases. <laughs> <laughs> You're straight. And I read a thing and was like, apparently that guy wasn't meant to be either a soche or a Greaser, but in the movie they portrayed him as more of a soche And I'm like, I don't think anyone thought about that for one second. I don't know why this is a trivia. So go to hospital, Johnny is actually really, really badly injured, so apparently his back is broken while also being severely, severely burned. The next day, Ponyboy gets to go home because he's not too badly injured and obviously he's, although actually when they're in the hospital at first, there's a very nice moment where Patrick Swayze, Rublo, Lowe and Ponyboy all hug and it's just a really wholesome, handsome time for everyone involved so he goes home uh Steve Randall is there so we finally get to see Tom Cruise in action for some reason there's a big giant chocolate cake there and Tom Cruise is just munching on like half of a giant chocolate cake wow while... I'm just trying to
1: like picture the acting process here and Tom Cruise is sort of like all right I got 30 seconds I got one minute to make my claim in this movie I need <laughs> I need something to stand out I got it I'm gonna eat a whole chocolate cake <laughs> This is it.
0: Like he pays I've out. really
1: gotten to the core of this character. And the core of this character is he really likes chocolate cake. Yes. Like really likes it.
0: Yes. He eats a giant piece of chocolate. He pays out a bit on He Darren. likes chocolate
1: cake and doing bath
0: flips. <laughs> we <laughs> haven't gotten to that bit yet. So they're all in the house. I don't know why, but um, I because they all work together. So we see Rob Lowe half naked getting out of a shower at one point. And I was yeah, like, we do. Ben, this is such eye candy for women. Like all these handsome boys, all mostly shirtless, walking around. Uh, two Bits there. They established that Two Bits are a very laid back character because he's always watching Mickey Mouse cartoons and wearing a Mickey Mouse t-shirt, which I don't know. It was just a cute thing I thought. I noticed. Yeah, Mickey,
1: like, two Bits, the Mickey Mouse guy. Tom Cruise is the chocolate cake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> very.
1: What's, what's Randall do? Oh, you know, he's, he's just there eating chocolate, <laughs> eating a full chocolate cake to himself. What a wacky dude. <laughs>
0: Uh, I think in this scene is where they establish that the socias, obviously annoyed that one of their, own, one of their leaders died, uh, have proposed a rumble. I don't know if it's for that night. I think it is that night. I think this all happens very quickly. Yeah, so there's some, some kind of rumble has been organized. The socias want to bash the shit out of the Greasers for killing one of their, their own. But the Greasers are all kind of a little bit excited about it because, you know, I guess Greasers love rumbles. Also, I propose we bring the word rumble back to talk about any fight whatsoever. So next time you have an argument with someone, you're like, I had a rumble with this person so two-bit and pony boy go to visit the hospital to see how johnny is going he is doing rotten he like he's lying out on his stomach because his back is broken and so badly burned.
1: he's got some more terrible makeup on
0: Some really really really
1: bad burn makeup
0: and none of its covered, it's just festering open it was the 60s though so i imagine there wasn't probably much they would do for for burns
1: should have spent some of that chocolate cake budget on the uh <laughs> on some extra prosthetics budgets <laughs>
0: Imagine they all went through like a hundred chocolate cakes. Cause yeah, <laughs>
1: like pre- like doing like Francis for a couple Coppola he's going to do like eighty takes. Yeah, <laughs> Tom Cruise like puts on seven kilos <laughs> for eating chocolate yeah.
0: cake. Do you think so?
1: Randall doesn't have a nickname in this movie yet, right? No,
0: I don't. So think, everyone no. like
1: eventually gets like you know soda pop. They'd be like, oh, it be like you probably just really loved soda. And after a while, they No, his name is Pop. literally Soda Pop. Oh, it's literally Soda Pop. Their
0: names are literally Soda Pop and Why don't we call
1: our child Chocolate Cake?
0: <laughs> Dedicate to Tom Cruise's character in yeah. The, yeah. the Outsiders. Why was
1: your you, you kid named Chocolate Cake? Well, it's funny
0: stuff. <laughs> Just really love
1: Tom Cruise's one minute role in The Outsiders.
0: Oh, actually, before they go to the hospital, because Two Bit and Ponyboy don't have a car, so they're trying to hitchhike, and some socias start, you know, stalking them, and they're like, "Oh, here's shit." So they go to a diner and wait it out, and the socias come up, and actually, the other leader of the socias group actually tries to have a conversation, like an actual nice conversation, with Ponyboy. it's kind of like, "Oh, I wouldn't have expected a greaser to, you know, save those kids. You're kind of like a hero." And Ponyboy's like, "Yeah." Uh, you would have done the same thing. And he's like, uh, I don't know if I would have. And they kind of like, they kind of have a uneasy kind of D&M where they talk about it and he's kind of like, Yeah, old mate was kind of out of line for what he did, blah, blah, blah. I guess I'll see you with the rumble. And he's like, All right, see you, Greaser. I mean, kid. Like, oh, you've redeemed yourself now, dude. Uh, so yeah, they go to the hospital, realize Johnny's actually bad in a really bad way. And they also go get Gone with the Wind from the gift shop. I like how there's a gift shop downstairs. I'll just see if they have Gone with the Wind. We yeah. like-
1: go, gotta get Gone with the Wind for the boys. <laughs>
0: Um, and then he passes out, he freaks out about something. Oh, he freaks out at his mum's there, and the nurse's like, You've got to talk to your mum. She's like, I don't want to, and then passes out. So they realize he's in a bad way. They go visit Dallas, who isn't in a bad way, but is acting like a real piece of shit about being in hospital. It has a go with the. I think the nurse is also in that scene is also played by S.C. E. Hinton. Actually, by the author. Yeah, yeah. there go. Dallas is really pissed off that he's going to have to miss out on the Rumble because he's in hospital. Obviously, there's going to be a situation where he's not staying in hospital because he's already like, writhing around, lighting cigarettes, being minged to the nurse and everything. So you can be pretty sure that he's not going to stay in hospital when there's a Rumble going on. Yeah, um, there's a
1: Rumble going on. Why would you stay in hospital for the Rumble?
0: I know. I wouldn't stay in hospital if I could go to a Rumble. If I could walk, I can Rumble. You're
1: going to miss out on punching some socias <laughs> in, in the jaw?
0: Exactly. You've
1: got to sock them, sock them real good. Oh, yeah. There's... Especially flea. I'm going to go straight for Flea first. Flea is the soch that I'm going why straight for. Flea
0: playing a soch of all things?
1: How did he? They must have. Okay. That's where all the makeup budget went. They had to make Flea look respectable.
0: <laughs> so like a fucking rat bag. Uh, that's a great. They run into Cherry. Cherry's kind of apologetic and says, you know, I'll make sure I'll do whatever I can to make sure Johnny gets off if he gets out of hospital. And Ponyboy's like, well, why don't you go visit him and reassure him? And she's like yeah, I'm probably not going to go visit the guy that killed my boyfriend, like, much as I sympathize. Yeah, Cherry's in a very, in a rock and a hard place because on one hand he oh she I think she even says that he kind of deserved what happened to him because of how he is, which, real nice boyfriend material. She also says that the socials plan to fight fair at the Rumble, so there's not allowed to be any weapons or anything so she's sussed out that they have no intentions of bringing weapons or anything. They're like, I don't know if we can trust them, but they do anyway. So, the Rumble is that night. Yeah, the Rumble is that night. Yeah. So they're all back at the house, literally ready to rumble. They're all very excited, like even Darren, uh, Patrick Swayze's characters, even though he He's like kind of a bit beyond all that now. He's all really excited, and they're like, "You just like doing this to show off your muscles." Which Patrick says it takes his shirt off at one point. We're like, oh, "He's a very muscly boy." Yeah, they're all getting ready and then Like the- Patrick
1: Swayze, eighties muscle. No, this is not like the Rock muscles. This is no, this is
0: this is he's a dancer, you know. <laughs> In, he's in Daddy Dancing because he used to be a dancer, right? Mm. He's actually like a proper dancer. We get to see some more Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is very excited about going to do the Rumble. Uh, Steve is a very excitable character. Um, Daryl is actually really hesitant about Pony Boy joining, which is fair. Not only is he is it his brother, but also he just literally went through a very traumatic experience after being on the Lam for three days, three or four days. He's kind of like, maybe you shouldn't go, and he's like, you can't stop me from going to a Rumble, and everyone kind of boos him down. So you know, he did his brotherly duties. That's fine they leave and Patrick Swayze does a flip off the fence and then Tom Cruise jumps on a car and does a big flip. And a little bit of fun fact about that, Uh, In the scene where the boys are in the street getting ready and excited for the rumble, Tom Cruise does a flip off the back of a truck and that Patrick Swayze actually coached him before on hand on how to do it. Uh, Apparently right before the scene was to be filmed, Cruise nervously approached writer Essie Hinton, who was on set the entire time, was like the on-set mother to all the boys. He told her that he was actually really, really nervous and also felt really nauseous after eating. He ate too much, probably too much cake, I guess. And...
1: (laughs) <laughs> like, look at the question. <laughs> it's all he did on this thing. He's a noted character actor, so even if he wasn't on scene, he was off scene eating chocolate cake.
0: Uh, so she's like, "Would having a cheeky spew help you?" And he's like, "Yeah, maybe." So she Don't, did she use those words, cheeky spew? <laughs> no, she didn't use that because so... you're reading
1: off of notes here. <laughs>
0: She asked this, him if he thought marks? he would feel better if he threw up, and Cruz said that he thought so. Hinton took him to the food truck and made him drink raw eggs until he threw up, resulting in Cruz feeling much better and doing the stunt without a problem.
1: And then Cruz went and had a cheeky spew. Well, the way and I read it. when he spewed, it was all brown and mushy. <laughs>
0: it's like diarrhea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> eaten nothing but chocolate cake for days it was just a chalky cake spew
0: well it actually would have worked well for him because he actually put on a bunch of weight for his role in risky business so what he did to make himself look younger he put on a bunch of fat to make himself look baby fat and then yeah
1: the chocolate cake diet
0: yeah the chocolate cake diet. yeah it probably worked out really well for him um where i read elsewhere was that he just he had a cheeky spew just from nerves before doing that so i don't know what actually happened if sc e. hinton was uh making him drink raw eggs until he spewed that's also a good time i guess uh, so yeah, the rumble happens, it's exactly as you would expect a nineteen sixties rumble to be. The leader of the socias and Daryl have a talk, and then all of a sudden Dallas just appears out of nowhere, just like leaping in and like and has a big fight. Uh, the first- Ultimate punch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know how the first punch was Pony Boy got punched right in the face? Yeah. Apparently that was accidentally a real punch and actually knocked him out. Good. Oh no, Pony Boy's so sweet, he doesn't deserve that. They have a big fight. Such a
1: big dweeb.
0: Oh no, he's so sweet. Just because he has a heart of gold, Ben. Yeah, they all fight. Uh Steve is having a lovely time fighting. He's really into it. He does, like, at some point a couple of times, he does the, woo, Tom Cruise kind of thing. Hold on. <laughs> woo! Woo! <laughs> yep, that's it. <laughs> uh, he does... <laughs> yeah he does all Whoop! that uh, it starts raining so everyone's muddy and wet which this movie is definitely designed for the female gaze more than anything I don't think it was intentionally but I'm sure women everywhere were like oh oh, all these wet sweaty boys basically the Greases win they scare off the socias and there's lots of cheering and celebrating Dallas kind of apprehends Ponyboy and like we've got to go tell Johnny how well this went we've got to go tell him so they get in a car race off to the hospital get pulled over by cops they, they convince the cops that Ponyboy was in a motorcycle accident because he is like bleeding and bashed up really badly so um the cop gives him an escort straight to the hospital Um, they go see johnny and Johnny's like i don't care like fighting stupid like of all the things that we or we've learned like why why fight blah blah kind of has like an epiphany and then literally dies just in front of him for no reason this part annoys me so much (laughs) is they all just stand there going don't die johnny no how could you die i'm like no one's gonna go get a fucking nurse like they just let him
1: it's such a good death scene too it's like it's like i'm gonna say one Final thing to you. Uh. <laughs> literally uh. like just makes that sense. Uh. And then dies
0: so apparently uh draft machio really was up. a real what so everyone was all the boys had lots and lots of fun they all played pranks in each other and was all really cute except him he took this really seriously and like really committed to his role but i wouldn't suspect. i'm
1: glad his career turned out the strongest of everyone's
0: <laughs> he was a child actor i guess so
1: they're all child
0: actors yeah he was the one who didn't like partaking in, in any of the pranks and uh, one time oh so apparently um C. thomas howell was like let's play pac-man see if you can beat my skull and paul was like i'm practice lines how could you just be like this and it was like real jerk to it and then you're just like oh, i'm a teenager why anyway apparently there's lots of pranks and things in the set except for him because he had to practice his death scene and what a death scene it was just <laughs>
1: imagining tom cruise running around the set just slipping chocolate cakes <laughs> under where everyone sits
0: oopsie <laughs> <laughs> probably apparently it was all like oh no you said another cake it's a classic cruise <laughs> it's a cruise cake apparently it was lots it. of saran wrap Around toilets and yeah, just filling up.
1: Wait, so okay, so there's a new term for it. It's to shit on Saran wrap <laughs> over a toilet is called a cruise cake.
0: <laughs> oh no! Ew. Oh boy. So yeah, he has his um, he has his big death scene. And actually, the thing I we just missed, which is kind of an important thing, is the main most quotable line of the whole movie is just before he dies, is he goes, "Stay gold, pony boy." Stay, Stay gold, old, pony boy. And it's actually a really sweet scene.
1: Still need the line.
0: Stake it. Yeah, yeah, that's. <laughs> it. Ah, I so, it again if you knew me No, that's, it's okay. I You did a very good job those first two times. So Pony goes home and all the boys are cleaning themselves up. Uh, Patrick Sweets is like, that guy sure had sharp teeth while he's cleaning all his wounds. And they're all very proud of themselves. But then Pony comes home like, what's wrong? What happened? He's like, Johnny's dead. And they're all like, oh, it was all for nothing. But also Dallas is going off the fucking rails. We should probably like do something. Like, where is he? Where is he? So anyway, when Dallas runs out of the hospital, like he pretends to hold up a doctor. Uh, he goes to a convenience store and uh, robs it like rips up a magazine in front of the guy and like acts like a jerk robs it and as he's running out the store clerk shoots at him and gets him apparently anyway this he's off the hooks so he like doesn't know what he's doing he must running around he re- manages to ring the boys and answered by tom cruise i don't know if you noticed that oh is it Dar- is daryl there no no it's steve i'm like oh, i know that voice and then that's yeah his mouth's <laughs> <He was laughs> <an laughs> full of chocolate cake and <laughs> <that time. laughs> I'm going to try and find a still if you're eating that chocolate cake. Yeah, so he says like tells them what's where he is. You got to come get me. Um, the cops are after me. Uh, meet me at the park. And they bolt to the park, but by the time they get there, he is suicided by cop, basically. The cops come and shoot him a billion times because he brandishes his un- he's unloaded gun at them and dies. And they're like, "No, he's just a kid." No. And that's it. Kind of ends on Ponyboy gets a his copy of uh, Gone with the Wind back and it's got a note from Johnny in it, which has a nice little letter to it was worth saving those kids lives their lives are more important than mine and I, th- I think I understand what that poem meant about staying gold blah 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 and it's like a really nice as he's reading the letter and Johnny's reading it out it's like Johnny's head what's that effect called just like superimposed over there yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when he's finished it just zooms right in on Johnny's
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mwah. Mwah. you did it couple of yeah. You innovated,
0: <laughs> like really dramatically, like whoop. yeah. That's when it goes back to him writing about uh, writing about his day. Uh, I believe, and I can't remember if it was actually in the movie, but it was a case of his teacher asked him to write write about something important, and this is what he ended up writing. I can't remember, but. Yeah, that's the movie. That is the original theatrical release of the movie. So I thought I would go through what actually happened in the... So I've seen more... Most recently, I have seen the extended version. I got to see it at the cinemas because for some reason they played at the cinemas. And seeing that on big screen was a good time. Uh, The extended version they did in, in 2005 is way better.
1: So I'm assuming that the extended version is a little bit more accurate to the book.
0: Yes, so they actually called it... They the, inserted
1: a scene that explained no, on, why there on. was a bunch of school children in a burning, abandoned church?
0: No. So they recut it, added some scenes, removed a couple of small scenes to fix the pacing, and changed the music. So they took a lot of the music out and actually put in music that was like popular around that era in there, which I think would probably made a bit more sense. So the, this opening scene, the extended opening scene is so much better because it actually has Ponyboy saying how his day started, which was, he came out of the movies, he'd just seen Paul Newman's The Hustler, which... Ooh good movie tom cruise starred in the sequel which is color of money i love color of money i know you do i'm sorry that i made you watch that before i started to do a podcast mm. but yeah he comes out of the cinema he's being stalked by a bunch of socios. oh so this is pony boy once he gets almost home they actually get out of the car and start bashing him up and like one of them like almost cuts his throat and everything but all the other greases come out and that's what we see tom cruise coming out and they're all like bashing them through the window and they manage to get away and like poor old pony boy is like a bit distraught over it because you would like he threatened to cut his throat. Like he actually like, started slicing him, which is pretty full on. So that I feel like explained their rivalry a lot more and showed how awful the sochas are to the Greasers. Like the Greasers are just trying to live their lives, but these sochas hate them so much that they're just constantly antagonizing him. Because like at one point he's walking along a train track and they're up on a bridge above like hurling rocks at him. Pretty full on. Anyway I, th- I think that was a very important scene that I wish they hadn't had cut out. Uh, they also, there's a scene that's cut out where it's Serta Pop and Pony Boy share, a, not only a bedroom, but share a bed. And they're like, they're talking and and having some DNMs about their older brother and their parents and all that sort of stuff. And they spoon? like it's, it's really sweet but it's also like this is also very homoerotic like they was like spooning and like nuzzling each other it was I could probably see why that was taken out because they're like that's too sexy for two brothers in a bedroom together not um, sexy
1: enough I say
0: <laughs> no it was it was pretty sexy so there's a few like little short scenes they add just to establish a bit more characters like they there's a scene in the church where Penny Boy and Johnny become emotional over the events in the past 24 hours which I think is important because a lot happened like Johnny murdered someone accidentally yeah they so they actually put back in the scene where he's like hey what happened was really fucked and they have a you know big DM about that oh there's a short scene they added back in where two-bit and pony boy encounter johnny's mother at the hospital yeah what we didn't see in this version is we actually see johnny's mother and she's throwing a big tantrum because johnny doesn't want to see her and she's not throwing a tantrum because she wants to see her son she literally wants to yell at her son for causing trouble because she hates him and blah, blah blah so we don't see that so that will kind of like adds to the sad tale of johnny's life so following the death of dallas daryl r- out of the cops while Pony Boy faints. Later we see Soda Pop and Dowry caring caring for him in bed while Pony Boy asks if someone is sick, not realizing that he is. Uh, we There's also a court scene at the end we don't see where they actually take Pony Boy has to go to court, but he's found he had no part in the death of All Mate. And Cherry actually yeah, makes a statement confirming that. Pony Boy runs into Cherry at school. Uh, she walks away from him. Ah, yeah, this is the bit. Ponyboy's teacher also informs him that he is flunking, but allows him to write a paper on a personal experience in order to raise his grade, which sums up why he was writing and all that sort of stuff. So, like, I'm telling you the new version of the movie is so much better than the original. And then there's a final scene where they have uh, the three brothers at home eating dinner. Daryl and Ponyboy are at each other and Soda so Pop just cracks and just is, like yells at them and runs away and they have to like, chase him and at a baseball field and they're all like well, you, you just start fighting and you being tug of war between me and they're all like we're sorry, brothers, and it's all very I'm sorry, Roblo. <laughs> sorry, Roblo. You're Lowe. beautiful. <laughs> You're beautiful, man. The extended version is a version I would recommend. It has a lot more context. They actually cut out a bunch of meaningless scenes. Like there's a, a few little things they do at the church that they cut out. Anyway, it's um a better version, and I wish I'd known that before we watched the DVD mm. last night. But anyway, Ben, would you like to tell me what you thought of the movie? Yeah. Oh, really?
1: (laughs) I think it's like, so obviously uh, The Outsiders has been a pretty important book for a lot of high schools throughout America, throughout Australia, around the world, and has been part of the English curriculum for like 50 years now.
0: I did. So when we did it in grade nine, I convinced my mum to let me get some converse because I wanted to dress like a greaser. (laughs) because we, we had to actually do a, like perform a part of the book and I was so proud of myself. It was the first pair of like brand name shoes I had in a long time and I wore those converts to death. And yeah, so it was very important. I remember normally that sort of book is not the kind of book I'd like to read but I really, really enjoyed it. I think
1: my first thought coming away from this is that a story about two youth gangs pitted against each other could really do with a lot more musical numbers. <laughs>
0: It's been uh, just, done. It just really
1: did feel like it was missing something. Um, no, no, like this definitely sort of like instilled like a not nostalgic feeling in me of having to read a coming of age book I don't want to read in an early high school English class and going and get the movie to get past it and watching the movie and being like, all right, clap, that's done with there's things i like about it but
0: maybe it's something you should have watched when you're younger it's kind of like me maybe. watching the goonies as an adult i mean like that's that fucking sucked it's naughty boys whereas yeah if you grew up watching this and reading the book you'd probably like it a lot more
1: i like the like uh, i like the um setting out the times i like the basic concept of the story but the way that it's presented in the movie is to me feels a little ham-fisted i s I'm have a real hard time getting past the church bit uh just it's just a little too convenient to like be like, oh, no, these are good boys. Like, yeah, we know they're good boys. You don't need to save them from, like, a burning building to, to hammer home that point. But obviously the kid needs to die in the end after he's been charged with manslaughter. Uh, all the actors are great in it. Like, like it's it's really, really fun seeing so many just beautiful heartthrobs early in their career. I feel like we should watch Rumblefish after this uh, yep. sometime soon because it was another movie uh, that Francis Ford Coppola made straight. Based on straight. her work. Away up, yes. They were both released in the same year. So apparently, he
0: wrote this book. He had no intention of doing this movie, except a teacher from a school wrote a letter to him saying, "Our class would think that if ever this movie was made, book was made into a movie, you should be the director." And he was so touched by that letter that he made that and then Rumblefish. So that's all it takes, guys. Just write some nice letters to some directors, and you might get your (laughs) favorite book.
1: And it seems like Rumblefish is like targeted a little bit uh sort of like a slightly higher age demographic as well.
0: I think it's almost like a sequel. But it's, it's not like the same a 5 character. years later thing or But it's but, also
1: but spiritually. But I like love the aesthetics, I love the way it was filmed. Um I love it. like it sounds silly, but I really love the look of the Sochas. Like it, they didn't really have like this very specific like look to them, but they, they were just like very blandly upper class. It was kind of fun and silly that they mm-hmm. were even bothering to get involved in like gang warfare. High school gang warfare seems kind of ridiculous, but
0: Did you it's... ever watch Crybaby? Growing up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Oh, that's all I think about is the drapes and the the drapes and the squares. That was the (laughs) name that they gave him. Yeah, I really, I guess, I know I've watched it a bit growing up. Although my mum was like, I don't remember ever seeing that. I'm like, you haven't seen a movie with like four men that you find really handsome? I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah, I loved, I loved the book as a teenager, and actually, I kept the book from school. Oh, really? Yeah, for for years I had that book. Yeah, I really, I really like it. Watching it now as an adult, like some of the acting like it got really it was well received for the acting but like obviously that was like 80s acting because some of it i was like oh guys lay off the i think it's a bit ham-fisted probably the
1: the whole movie definitely like comes has a bit of that midday movie sort of vibe Mm. like the morality the movie is very midday movie the transitions and some of the way that they present things is especially the church scene is very midday movie and yeah I feel like I probably would if I actually went back and read the novel, I can imagine what it would be like and I feel like I actually would enjoy the novel and and be pretty into it. And I can see how that movie probably definitely limited some of the things that would be a lot more interesting about the novel, mostly about the brothers relationships and the dynamics of the gangs between the town. But in the movie in 91 minutes, I don't really feel like I feel like we got in there, we got out. And yeah. which is why happened, the, those needed, extra happened.
0: 22 minutes that were added you feel like so actually it, yeah, actually really did yeah add to it. made a lot of a difference
1: I'm not sure I want to watch that 22 minutes uh after that it's just not something I feel like I'd want to revisit again
0: look you're probably going to walk in on me watching it again at some point Ben. this is so. absolutely true so it's fine if I can try and find I can't find a good DVD copy of it I had to, I had to get basically a bootleg off eBay yeah it was really annoying but, but but
1: I really do want to watch um rumblefish after this I think I think sort of treating them as a, a double feature is probably a good way to look at it
0: okay well, I was going to read out some more facts in the movie, but you know what? Just go to IMDb. They're Actually, all the uh, spoofs and like the trivia about it is really fun because they're all such Just a, a bunch boys. of
1: goofballs being goofballs well, on a appara- set.
0: Apparently, okay, two of my favorite ones was the hotel they're all staying at. All the, the Sochers got to stay in like the really fancy, a really fancy hotel with like leather bound versions of the script, whereas the Greases all had Ratty versions of the script and had to stay in a crummy hotel that's
1: so dorky because
0: he's like he wanted to increase the te- real tension between them. But apparently the grease like bo- coming
1: off of he was like, only like three or four years before this he's doing like apocalypse now, yeah. like <laughs> going through genuine hell. And now he's like, you know, what I'm gonna do these bastards. <laughs> They're not gonna stay in a hotel. <laughs> They're gonna stay in perfectly adequate accommodation instead of a luxurious hotel.
0: yep, that's I awesome. directed
1: apocalypse now. <laughs> Uh, And Tom Cruise? You're going to have cheap chocolate cake. You don't get a, you don't get a Vienna slice. You're going to have the cheap. You're going to have the, the $5 chocolate cake from the bargain table at Woolworths.
0: <laughs> apparently, they all had a big, they would got in trouble for having a big wrestle. And they all, oh, they all decided to- A wrestle,
1: a rumble. We a call rumble.
0: It. And they all pretended to drown each other in the hotel fountain. And within a month, the fountain was removed because obviously that caused too much trouble. And apparently years later, Tom Cruise met- someone who worked at that hotel and mentioned that, and Tom Cruise is like, I'm really sorry. Apparently they were all little shits in that hotel. I yeah.
1: realise this is a movie that, like, it's done in a particular way because he's trying to sort of, like, be faithful to the high school important novel uh, aspect of it. But this is Francis Ford Coppola, who only a few years before this had done The Godfather Part 1, The Godfather Part 2, Apocalypse Now, One from the Heart. Like, these cool, weird, strange, surreal movies, and this movie just feels very vanilla, very straight down the line for how wild those movies are.
0: Yeah, it's it was a kind of an odd choice for him. Like I think I mean, obviously that letter from that teacher was very compelling to make him do this. Maybe he just wanted to do something a little bit lighter and easier. Yeah. I mean I mean sort of
1: after this period, Francis Ford Coppola wasn't really known for doing like intense subversive things. The apocalypse now might have actually just broken the human being. Yes. Which makes a lot of sense. Oh, and he didn't cast Nicolas Cage in it, his nephew.
0: Yeah, Nicolas Cage tried out for it and he was too intense.
1: Wow. And so- Thanks, Uncle
0: no not only that he, he tried it apparently he tried out for it for one of the main roles and he locked himself in a room and just stared at like a portrait of the godfather something something stupid and he's like no but maybe you could be this role and Nicolas cage is like no that's not the role i wanted and stormed off and had no part of it so really reflects nicely on Nicolas cage there
1: no i'm gonna read this Nicholas Gage auditioned for the role of either Darry or Dallas. He did some method acting for the part by locking himself in a room for two weeks, drinking beer and staring at a photograph of Charles Bronson, hoping that the physical and mental attitude of playing a thug would rub off of him. Francis Coppola turned him down and told him to audition for the part 2-bit. But Cage was so fed up by this point, from all his hard work being in vain, that he walked away from the project. Just apparently, like he
0: threw a fucking tantrum to me. Yeah,
1: and then his uncle cast him in Rumblefish, apparently. Was he in Rumblefish? Yeah.
0: Well, same as Mickey Rourke tried out for it and didn't get a part, but he's in, R- beautiful, in Rumblefish. Beautiful, beautiful
1: young Mickey Rourke.
0: Yeah, he was a handsome man once. Okay, well, Tom Cruise-isms. Very Tom cruise light film, as we discussed.
1: Classic Cruise, always eating cake. <laughs>
0: Is that new Are a new Tom
1: cruise to the now? Just <laughs> loves eating cake.
0: I don't think I you see him eat in many films. I'm going to keep an eye on it and I'll see, what, uh, see if he eats. Stunts? Yeah, that was all him. Apparently the rumble scene took a week to film and a lot of people got quite injured. He broke a thumb and his jaw like got, he got punched in the jaw really badly. had to go get emergency dental work done and yeah, a few of them got black eye. They like, actually got, got a little bit injured during that scene so I'm guessing Tom Cruise did his own stunts in that. Definitely did his own flip so
1: and he was doing a little bit of running during that flip. It didn't look like a Tom Cruise run, but yeah. they were moving quickly. I would like moving quickly enough, I would argue that it borders on running.
0: He okay, so a Tom Cruiseism, I don't think is just him running. A Tom Cruiseism <laughs> is the Tom Cruise run.
1: Oh, the Tom Cruise run. Which he hadn't perfected. When did he in the he, had, when he hadn't perfected it?
0: No. It wasn't until...
1: Do you think he stares in the mirror and practices the Tom Cruise run?
0: Laura and I established that he probably like practices holding his posture, because Tom Cruise has an amazing posture, and which is why his run is like, so upright, so mm. I think it's more the posture. I feel
1: like he probably had to give up cake before he developed the proper Tom Cruise run. You can't just eat that much cake and run like that.
0: He probably never ate cake again after that. He's like, well, yeah. that's my cake day's has gone.
1: A truly sad day for chocolate cake.
0: Apart from that, I guess there's no real- Oh, there's still, he did the Tom Cruise kind of laugh and woo thing.
1: He absolutely did. He did that sort of like, I can't do it on the thing, but like sort of like that buck teeth, like waving his head around a little bit so his hair's a little bit wavy. Yeah. Is that a Tom Cruise as
0: Kind of, I guess. He was a bit of a smartass to Daryl at one point.
1: Like this sound.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish I could see you doing that. <laughs> That's probably it for Tom cruise so There's not a lot He Not not enough to have a lot. He did a perfectly fine job. Like I said, I think he was the most greaser looking of the lot because they're all such handsome boys. And he kind of looked the roughest and the grossest out of all of them.
1: He definitely, he was the biggest schlub in the movie. Yeah. Of all the greases, he was the schlubbiest. He
0: looked the, the greasiest, the greasiest. Yeah. Of the lot. And he's not. He's you know, not
1: often the schlub.
0: No. And from then on, he's, I don't think he's ever really been the schlub, except yeah. one or two examples. All right. So, that's a movie. We've gone on for quite a while, so we should probably uh, wrap this up. Shall we review it? Sure. I'll let you do it first. Do you have All one? right.
1: I'm going to give The Outsiders
0: uh,
1: two and a half chocolate cake poops out of five. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. Cruise,
1: um, Cruise cakes.
0: As far as a movie goes, if it I was going to rate it for Tom Cruise stuff, you couldn't rate it too high. But if I'm going to re- just rate it as a movie, I'm going to say three and a half cheeky little spews. Cheeky out little of chocolate five. spews. Cheeky, no, cheeky little egg spews. Oh, egg spews. Oh, egg and cake spews. Gross. Uh, yeah, I, I really like this movie. I definitely think the extended version is better. I highly recommend people watch that version if they can. It's very sweet. I think Stay Gold Pony Boy is like, I'm surprised you haven't seen this because people quote Stay Gold Pony boy so no, much but i think
1: i avoided it the entire most of the time because it looked like the movie it was <laughs> like it just, it such l- a snob.
0: i'm not being a snob. i'm just like i, I just ugh. anyway i recommend it quite a lot so you should go watch it if you there's probably references in it that people don't realize are references in other movies and probably the simpsons have referenced it a bunch of times so if i knew how
1: much chocolate cake tom cruise ate in it i would have watched it <laughs>
0: All right. Well, that's uh, enough from us for now. Ben, where can people find you on the internet?
1: You can find me at Toontown Express on Instagram or at Ben Jungles on Twitter.
0: Nice. For, as for me, as per usual, it's Tom Cruise Reviews on Instagram or Tom Cruise Review on Twitter or just go to my website, which is TomCruiseReviews.com. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back with a mini-sode next week and we will also be back to Mission Impossible the week after that. So...
1: bonus episode is going to be good. We're going to... Talk- talk about <laughs> <the> <laughs>
0: best we're going to talk about something fun okay look forward to that next week thank you bye
1: <laughs> bye